your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello. I am Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint, the variety show that features people from all over the world whose positive achievements are inspiring positive actions. Well, I have an update. One of my inspirations in life is Chris Knoll. He and Mac Bailey, Molly Weaver, and others will be performing in Aspen, Colorado. One of the performances is on Saturday at the Wheeler Opera House. It's the John Denver Tribute Concert, and I was planning on meeting some of you up there, but unfortunately I have had a family emergency and I am unable to attend the Memorial Tribute Concert. Please send positive karma and prayers for my mother-in-law and my mom. My dear mom, who has actually recovered, had a mini-stroke just a few days ago and recovered well, And now, with all of the company coming in for the International Balloon Fiesta, she is roaring and ready to participate in many of the family activities. The other emergency is my mother-in-law. Unfortunately, she fell and broke her femur. Surgery went well, but she has come down with pneumonia. But I know you will enjoy all of the activities and, of course, the fantastic music. Well, I also have another update, a very positive one. Shelley White, whom I featured a few weeks ago, that episode was titled, Human Rights, What is Our Global Obligation? And she is being honored by Simmons University for her positive achievements. Dr. Shelley K. White will receive the Victor Seidel and Barry Levi Award for Peace from the American Public Health Association. Shelley says, This award is an enormous honor for me, and particularly because it bears the names of two of my treasured mentors. These are two giants in the field who have been raising the alarms about the intersections of public health, war, and social injustice for decades. (laughs) Well, congratulations to Shelley White for a well-deserved award, and thank you for being proactive. Well, today's featured guest is proactive in recognizing the positive achievements that inspired his positive actions. Gulam Jalani from India joins me today. I read about him and his untraditional places of study in India. It sparked my interest, so I connected with him. Well, he's had his own struggles, and he speaks today about why he is successful. It was (laughs) Positive Imprints. What's your PI? I have today Gulam Jalani Gwadri from India. And can you please say your name correctly to start off? Hi, Catherine. Really Hello. Nice you. And my correct name is Ghulam uh, Jalani Khadri. And I'm uh, from India. I'm currently pursuing my third year of PhD at University of South Florida in Computer Science Engineering Department at Tampa, Florida. Yes. And you have an extensive life before this filled with positive imprints and people who have filled you with their positive imprints that are lasting. And I just want to let my listeners know where I found you. I found this article and I was reading about people your age who study out in India. And I'm going to have you explain that a little bit more. The article caught my eye because it talked about how your houses are very small, square footage wise, and you have, you live with several people and it's not quiet place to study, and you're really trying to get through school with some really tough studies. And so there are things, there are places within the large city that provide quiet areas to study, but it's a group effort in providing those places of study. And I'm going to have you just kind of 
talk about that just to introduce how I found you. But again, hello and welcome to your positive imprint. Thank you so much for welcoming me, Catherine. So the article which you mentioned about how you got to know about me is a kind of survey about how the students in Mumbai find a place to study in this busy atmosphere and really crowded and small houses. So I used to live in a hostel and we have a place to study. But my uncle, uh, who runs a uh, social organization called Education and Foul Welfare Foundation, they have the study centers where students from around surrounding areas whose houses are really small and mostly in the evenings, the cooking, other stuff, it became very impossible for them to find a very silent and concentrative place to study. But they used to come to these study centers around the areas where they can study 24 into 7 for the examination, entrance exams, or daily to daily school or college work. And that's how the uh, article talks to you about. And that's how I came uh, into association with organization by my previous uh, life incidents and how I met them and how my life paths get in connection with these two peoples and organizations. Yes. And it was an interesting article. And you just talked about your part of your life growing up, or you didn't talk about it, but you mentioned how your life was and how you got into these. So let's go to your life growing up in such a gigantic city of Mumbai or Mumbai, your life there and what it's like, Yeah, the culture. Mumbai. Mumbai, which is uh, previously called as Bombay, is a really a place of dreams for lots of Indians. And from all over the India, people come here, reside there. It's called a multicultural um, city where people from all in like, different states. We have almost 30 states and people from every state, they speak different languages. They have different cuisines and they come together and form this city as a very beautiful and unity in diversity. That's it. So uh, when I was a kid, I was brought up and taken care of my grandparents and my uncle and aunts. And the, and I was uh, brought up and studying in boarding schools. But always I have this positive impact of my grandparents that they, they, they told me how you can live your life, uh, you know, by strongly standing, even if no one is there you your life is really important to you it's not that if your parents are not around there but still the people who is taking care of you who is bringing you up you should have their values in your life and that's the positive impact i want to tell you here it's not only your parents who brought you into the world can give you the positive or good values real values it's the one who brought you up who takes care of who helps you in growing up their values their uh, you know upbringing is really important in our daily life and how you grow up and how we become a good and law-abiding citizen of the country. It's wonderful that you are bringing this up because there are so many children like yourself. I know you're not a child now, but there are so many children in the world and many in the United States that are raised by an extended family member other than their parents. And some people frown on that because they think that they should just be with their parents. And you just brought up such a wonderful point that whomever you're raised by, those are the values that you should be instilling within you as long as they're good values. And obviously they were. And I, I think that that's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up because, uh, and, and your parents or your grandparents rather, and your aunt and uncle have done a marvelous job in raising you, especially 
academically and reaching for your own dreams? Um, yeah, exactly. In association with that, I want to mention two really important persons and other organizations who really helped me uh, to achieve the success of my education. One is Mr. Aziz Maki from Education and Welfare Foundation, and second, second one is Dr. Abbas Khatkade from MESCO Modern Education and Social Culture Organizations. These two are Mumbai-based uh, NGOs, and these two persons, uh, you know, um, took my finger when I was a small child, like uh, just a high school kid, and showed me the path of success by helping me emotionally mentally you know and more monetary that how i can complete my education and be a career oriented person and so i am here you know pursuing my phd it's all their hard work their effort and their you know motivation towards my success well those are positive imprints obviously for you that they gave to you that have brought you to where you are today. So they did this in a very selfless manner in working with you. So tell us a little bit more about that journey with them. The journey with them initially, um, let me tell you when I started my diploma in engineering and I made these two, uh, you know, very unique uh, personalities who really works towards um, uh, students, especially the common people who are really in need of, uh, let's say, uh, help in their education, their the counseling or any help with uh, financial help with the school colleges. And that's how they I uh, connection with these two gentlemen. And initially, my scores were really good in my high school. I was really one of distinction achieving students. And they mostly consider the students who are really high distinctions and they're really good in results and they help in their education. So when I met them initially, they were kind of really uh, nice, kind towards me. They helped me, they understand my situations and they not only helped me financially, but they also helped me in counseling and helping me at how I can grow, uh, you know, depriving me from uh, families and living alone in the hostel. It's a kind of really different world, but their warmth and their you know, complete um, what the care uh, towards me helped me grow into and focus me on my education. This entire nine to 10 years was very different. I used to spend my time in hostel, but occasionally and uh, rarely I get to enjoy my time. But these gentlemen, they always ask me, how are you doing? How are you doing? Do you need anything, any help? And every possible way where they are trying to make sure that I'm doing good. I'm doing good in my life. Not only on, I'm doing good in my studies and school. Well, that's really awesome and wonderful. And when you say hostel, can you explain what a hostel is? Because I know what it is in Europe okay, okay. and United States and Australia, but I don't know what it would be in India. Okay. Okay. Hostel in India, it means that uh, it is lodging accommodation for the students. Uh, mostly it's like dormitory in, you say dorms in, in U.S., where the rooms are occupied by three, four students, and they have a common dining hall, common study room, common computer, and the recreational activities room. But uh, mostly, this um, let's say this structure or this building is for the students going to the school. That's how it's the term is used for as hostels in India, hostel for the students in the uh, surrounding areas, surrounding colleges can live there by show they. They have a process of getting admissions by showing their mark sheets, college admissions and everything. That's how they get into, they get admissions and they, their accommodation complete by the hostel authorities. These people really, really were a part of your life. And it sounds like you had some struggles prior to that. And they were able to, as you said, they counseled you. They, they brought some 
I, I don't want to say that they brought values. I think that they extended what you already had instilled in you and brought you the ability to grow. And now you are forming your own positive imprints. You help students out in India already. And then you're also here in Florida and you have this huge, huge busy schedule of all of these, all of these organizations, all of these responsibilities that you have as president, as secretary, as student, as PhD grad student, and so on and so forth here in Florida. And again, forming your own positive imprints to help others along the way. All right, so now we're in the present and you've received all of these positive imprints, you've made positive imprints, and you're still making these great leaps in humankind and humanity. And when you go back to India, how do you give back what has been given to you? So uh, obviously these two gentlemen has, uh, you know, fed me not forcefully, but like seeing them, how they help me and how they work for the students, the, uh, the, um, the sense of, you know, selfless uh, service towards humanity and helping other people, other students. So similarly, I've been in the United States for almost uh, like more than four years and I traveled twice to India, once in uh, December 17 and once last month. In these, two, uh, in, in these two trips to India, I make sure that I give back something to my community, especially the students and schools uh, uh, kids. So the first time when I traveled to India, I went to my school and did a small workshop of, of one hour for the high school student to help them choose different fields after they are done with the schools. So when they go to the colleges, they are kind of, you know, um, uh, unsure about which field they should go, how they should go. So I, key, I, I, you know, had a one hour workshop and helped them to answer all those questions. It was really helpful because they came up with so many questions. And even after the workshop, I keep on replying to their emails about various questions. That was the one of the things which I gave back to the students, the school student to helping them choosing their careers and different uh, fields or streams of the education. Uh, second thing which I went and I did a one hour lectures on my research field to my uh, engineering colleges. The students are really excited about uh, to know about what I'm researching on, <laughs> what on and what technology I'm doing. It was a really nice experience when they hear about me and they really hear about like, enthusiastically they ask me so many questions and help them uh, to design their paths. Suppose some of them ask me, hey, I'm, they are really interested in a couple of more research projects which they want I give them some ideas and also help them to look into um, any kind of technologies which will be helpful in their research work and in their final year project. Apart from this, I also had this one a small, let's say a small workshop to help students how they can go for higher education in the States. Suppose how they choose different universities, how they choose like funded universities. Suppose some of the students are really interested in research and how they choose their advisor, how they choose their um, school, how they choose their different fields of um, uh, research. And that's how I help them, how they can narrow down their broad research, the smaller one and the pick from our couple of college and then apply to them in a very easiest and possible way. That's fantastic. You know, you are living this educational dream, your academic dream, your career dream. And now you're helping the others to figure out how to make that path happen. That's that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And so now you're here in the United States at University of South Florida in Tampa. 
and you are a research assistant and you're you're working on your PhD or you've received your PhD already? Currently, I'm in my third year of PhD. I'm, I already you know, qualified my, so, uh, qualified my PhD. You have to give an exam that you are fit for the PhD. And this fall semester, I'm also proposing my proposal. Woo. So you're completing your PhD, you have to propose what you're researching and the committee has to approve that. So wish me good luck. I'm going to propose my proposal this semester. And I'm planning to complete my dissertation work in next two years by, let's say, 2021. All right. Well, congratulations on that. Well, you have this rest of your extensive resume here at the university. And so let's let's kind of talk about that, because I don't know what all of it is. I know you're secretary of an academic fraternity. Yeah. Okay. So it is, uh, let's say, uh, let me phrase it correctly. It is Engineering Honor Society. It's a top beta pi. It is one of the oldest engineering honor society, uh, which inducts the students um, one-fifth of uh, graduate studies and one-eighth of the undergraduate studies. So if you are one-fifth of your um, uh graduate studies, suppose you are top of one student, one fifth student, or you are top one eighth of undergraduate studies, this honor society will induct you and help you in your growth in a professional way, social way, and academic way. So we have different workshops on different technologies, different courses. Also, apart from this, we have different um, workshops for resume making, interview preparations, and uh, how you can do the job search. Apart from this, as socially, we organize different kind of um, social events, social get-together that help the students in overall developing, not only academically, but professionally and socially and in a, as a teamwork. So this uh, particular Tobita Pi uh, is on, on our society in which I was inducted in the spring of 17. And since then, I was the public relations chair, then engineering expo chair. And the last um, academic year, I was secretary for this uh, honor society. I think that's really cool. That is so cool. And is this just for University of South Florida, or is it also nationwide where you meet with people or internationally? Yeah, it, yeah it, this is a more nationwide and internationally also. Some of the universities in Middle East, some of them in like Asia, they're also are the part of this uh, honor society. But as I told you, this is like mostly 150 years old in honor society about that. So it's really the really second uh, oldest uh, honor society in the America. It's all over the nationwide. That's really cool. That's how my parents met, not this particular uh, society, but they were a member of of another similar one in, I think it was international relations type, uh-huh. but uh-huh. they met in a different state because they're, they were both officers yeah. and all mm-hmm. of the officers were having their meeting. And, they have conventions, different places. Right. And yeah. they met and fell in love and married 61 years or oh. 62. I can't remember now. So there's great things that happen in, in everything we do. There's always something positive. Exactly. And apart from this, when I come to the States and I saw the campus and I met so many people, so many great people from <laughs> all over the world. I, I I got to know so many languages, so many countries, so many cuisines. Oh, I cannot tell you the how beautiful this entire four years journey was. I met so many people and I uh, associated myself with different student organizations on campus. 
campus, we have around 800 student organizations and, wow. and from different country, different culture, different languages. So I currently I'm a president of a Urdu language club. Plus I'm also a member of this botanical gardens plus a graduate research network. So you get to a chance to involve so many things that your journey was such a beautiful, such a, you know, let's say, eye-opening and you don't you not only engage yourself in the school work apart but apart from that you can have the time which you can explore the entire different culture different technologies or different fields uh, apart from the academic uh, world i think that's great what, tell me about the botanical gardens organization you're in Okay, so on campus, we have this uh, USA Botanical Gardens where they have these beehives, they have different different plants and different hubs, different shops. So what we do, we met once a week, mostly on Saturdays, and we go there, we water them, we weed out them and try to see if the, all the plants are doing good. And some of the time when they have this show, small like events, we go there and participate as a volunteer to have everything go smoothly. Wow, I love that. And you said the beehives. How how many beehives are there? I think uh, we I haven't seen much, but it's like let's say less than ten around. That's pretty around cool. Yeah, that's just that's really cool. So you're doing that. You're learning about the horticulture and since I'm I'm from a farmer family, my grandparents were farmers, so I can't have the sense of always having your connectivity towards the land. So you, whenever you see any like empty land, something's farming, you always get attracted towards it and try to touch those plants, play with them, see everything's doing good. And that's how I find myself attracted towards this botanical garden society. That That's really cool. I, I love that. I think that, that just is awesome <laughs> because botanical gardens bring such joy to people when they visit places and it is a, a welcoming site. Yep. So, yeah. And then you have this other extension of of life with your academics, which keeps you busier than, of course, all of your organizations. Yes. And yeah. then you'll finish in a couple of years. Now, I know that you're doing some research, but I don't know to what extent you're allowed to discuss it because I know sometimes research is very hush hush. And also you haven't done your proposal. But what can you tell us about your research? As you know, I, just, I told you before that I'm a computer engineering student. So currently I'm working on visualizations and I'm trying to understand how human perceive things, how human perceive data, how human perceives different features on the screen and how we can prioritize or order them in different way. So I'm working on the, uh, on how human perceive data on the screen by understanding their cognitive sense uh, by building a model. So in a very common way, I'll tell you that I'm trying to build very efficient and effective visualization technique. Okay. And so interface typing. Yeah, interface typing. Mean, it's, it's, uh, it's usually called in other ways human-computer interaction. So I display the data in any graph form on the screen and how best or easy way you can easily understand the data, you can easily make it context and you can easily find any details in a most effective manner. Okay, so you're going to have a focus group, I'm yeah. sure. And do you work with sociologists at all? 
yeah, I do work with psychology department, uh, and one of my community member is from psychology department. Uh, and also, I took a couple of courses from psychology department, statistics department, which helps me in designing my experiment, designing my uh, uh, analysis. So, when you are a PhD, you have to couple of take some courses from different departments, and that's how you integrate their knowledge into your work and. Uh, to come out with the experiments and analysis. That's cool. So we will definitely look forward to hearing about your proposal when that happens, when the fall semester yeah. begins. Yeah. This fall, I'm planning to propose my proposal work. And hopefully if they approve it, and I start working towards my dissertation for the next two years. Well, con congratulations on that and the best of Thank luck you. with Thank that you. as well. Gulam Jilani, I would love to go back to India and to these organizations. And I want to hear a little bit more about education system within India and how students are able to excel. I know you've told a little bit about it, but that is a huge positive imprint for you. And it's also a huge positive imprint for others. I'd kind of like to hear a little bit more about that. Okay, so uh, let me uh, see uh, tell you about something about education system in India. The students there are we have uh, are really focused based. There is if they choose engineering, it means they want to do it. Uh, and if they choose medical, if they choose any other field, they really want to do that. That's how they choose it. It's like some of the times students when get into admission, uh, admission. It's like once in a hundred that chose their streams, but mostly students stick to their streams that if they got into this, they will continue with that particular field. Quick question. Do they have, do students in India have to choose their path, their career path, their study path before a certain age so that they can start school? Or is it like United States yeah. where you choose it? So the school system till uh, till 10 is same for everyone okay. you have all subjects after for 11 12 standard you have to choose either you want to go for engineering okay. you want to go for math science either you want to go to, for biology either you want to go for let's say arts and science or commerce accounting these how you bifurcate yourself in different different streams and similarly that's how you continue your career path based upon these selections. If you have selected like physics, chemistry, biology, or math, you will go either go for either engineering or medical. If you have taken accounting or bookkeeping, you will go for commerce or different field. Similarly, if you have taken like literature, arts and commerce, you go for languages, history, geography, and that's how uh, this uh, education system brought away from the school system to higher studies. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And then, so go ahead with what you were saying before about your MESCO in, this, in the system on how the students are able to excel, because there are so many students in, what is the population, by the way? Uh, as per the census, India's government census in 2011, the population of Mumbai is 18.4 million. That's huge for a city. Yeah, and it's a huge for a small city. It is so densely populated. Everyone to live in, in Mumbai it says that you will find the work. You will find your dreams. You just have to work hard. So the similar thing is with the students, they work hard and they have always focused around their career, their goal, whatever they want to do. As you can see, the Indian education system has given so many CEOs for the world-class industries, world-class uh, companies. And that's how the students in India are really focused. Even if they're given a chance, they will really excel out. Now, 
couple of times, the students, even if they have the caliber, even they have the talent, they cannot uh, continue the studies because of their financial constraints, because of their family constraints. Some of the families are really poor. Some of the families uh, have to rely on the eldest son, eldest kid's uh, income. But some of, the, some of the time, they have to stop their education work so that they can fend for their families. But some of the time, students try to get a scholarship, try to get funding, financial aid from different education uh, systems or educational um, organizations like MESCO, like uh, Education Welfare Foundation. These organizations help them to continue their studies, even if uh, they cannot pay for the education. They help uh, Russians, they help us, you know, assistance for their family, for the uh, living, so that the students can continue the study. MESCO is one of the organizations, they have their schemes, they have schemes like education adoption scheme, they have schemes like high cost education loan scheme, they have schemes like um, financial assistance scheme. These all schemes have one thing in mind, that they have to help the meritorious study or talented students to not drop the studies because of the financial problem constraint, but they can always continue the studies, be a career-oriented person, and achieve something in their life. And that's how um, later, you know, once they are employed, they can give back to society directly or through the MESCO. How does how do these two organizations get funded? Is it private or is it government? Okay, so these uh, organizations get funded from people. Let's say Educational Welfare Foundation, the people who are uh, really well-to-do in their life, they give some part of their money to these organizations. Similarly, MESCO, they get their uh, funding through, they collect newspaper from household. They collect those newspapers, they sell them, and they collect the money. They also collect money from people's donations. One thing I must uh, tell you about, uh, in, uh, in, in Muslims, they uh, give 2.5% of the income and wealth for the poor people. And that's how even MESCO collects these 2.5% from the peoples, and that's how they collect and use this money to fund the education for poor and needy students. Wow. So it's, not, it's just not a one way, it's, it's various way of source of income, but mostly it's from the people or it's from the, you know, who really wants to give societies. And what about the healthcare in our, when we were talking ahead of time before the podcast, you had mentioned medical as well. Yeah. So some of the times India do have lots of um, government medical, medical hospitals, but still lots of time when the medical procedures are costly. The, in that situation, the organization, these organizations like Education Welfare Foundation, MESCO, they give out or they help those patients and patients' family by helping them in some way so that they can use this money for the medical procedure, for their medical bills, or for their, uh, let's say, medicines. One of the really uh, costly uh, medical procedure in India is dialysis. That you will find lots of patients who are in dialysis, and uh, organizations like these have installed their centers where patients can come and uh, get their dialysis done, and they can go back home without any fees. Wow! And is that just for the students? No, or is this medic this these medical um, help is from anyone, anyone who is needy and who is really poor. Uh, people who cannot uh, uh, afford these expenses. 
Wow. These organizations sound absolutely marvelous. And I'm so glad that you found the organization or that they found you yep. uh, through, I think it was your uncle. Yep. Yes, yes. That, that's how they found me. And I'm really glad that I found this organization, not just because they helped me uh, become a man what I'm today, but also they, they gave me a sense of... Uh, you know, uh, love towards the people, help towards the people. So always you should be ready to help who is in need, not in like just a close, your relative, your member, but also anyone in this entire world. You have should have those feelings that whoever in need, help them in their need. Well, that is such a fabulous way to close yeah. with your positive imprint is Thank helping you. everybody. You are really, you're really fun to talk to and hear your life, you know, between the two countries and, of course, your struggles in India mm-hmm. were, I, I don't want to say worth it because struggles aren't always worth it, but your experiences taught you and yes. brought you this absolute wonderful career path that you're on and happiness and you're able to put forth your own positive imprints. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much, Catherine. It was great talking to you. Oh, it was wonderful talking to you, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I wish Ulam Jilani all the best of luck with his PhD endeavors and beyond. Thank you for listening to Your Positive Imprint. Music by Chris Knoll. Visit Chris at chrisknoll.com. Follow me, Your Positive Imprint, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Twitter, What's Your PI? Head over to my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, and sign up for email updates, read the blog, listen to other episodes, or send me an email with your feedback or questions. I'd love to hear from you. You can also listen to all of my episodes from iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. My podcast is free, but please support me by hitting the five stars and by writing a review. You can also download my episodes. Hit the follow or subscribe button from whichever platform you're listening from. And of course, thank you for listening to Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?